Hi, welcome back. This is part two of myself and Akhtar. Uh, sorry to keep you holding on, but here is part two of me and Akhtar. We'll get straight into it. God bless. Speaking ready for soon. it. Um, but we're going to continue straight on for anyone who's watching live right now, because what you're giving Akhtar is absolutely fantastic. It, it's something that we need to build upon and really listen to the Lord on. And, and what, what does happen is, like you said, we've got um, the risk of it being a a wage for somebody running a church. And actually, it should be a glorious privilege first. Then, yeah, we're in, we live in the Western world, so the wage can be added as well. In other words, in other countries like Africa, a lot of the pastors don't get paid. They're running the churches, yeah. building the churches and working jobs, farming the land to try and keep it going. And actually, we probably can't go on without reading my favourite template of church, which is in Acts 2, 41 yeah. to 47. Uh, and I'm just going to read it quick, Akta, and let's try and pick some points out for everyone who's listening on what actually yeah. God can do with, this is the very early church. This is like when the Acts of Apostle are beginning to break out and it excites me yeah. so much. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, I like that. That's my sort of church. Yeah. Amen. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, listen to this word in mind, fellowship. Yeah. Fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And when I read that, I mean, I'm going to read to the yeah. rest of it, Actor. I don't know if, you, if it's the same for you, but when you walk around the world, sometimes... Uh, like you're walking down the street or you're chatting with just somebody, whether they're Christians or not, everyone seems to say we've lost that community spirit. Yeah. And do you know why we've lost that community spirit in the United Kingdom? It's because the church used to be that community spirit. And hey, listen, pastors, if you're listening and you've got a good community program, just ignore what I'm saying. But not every church has got a community centered thing i don't know if it's like you but like you say you can go to a church in one area then go to an exact same service pretty much templated somewhere else but yeah. you never actually connect with anybody there and what god is saying in here why the early church was so successful is they had um it's in it is in verse 44 now all who believed were together and had all things, things in common. in common. Yeah. We've, we've got to get at least the one thing in common. His name is Jesus. But we've hmm. got a fellowship. And and I remember when I was a kid, I mean, it might sound corny now, but we used to have pie and pea nights. We used to have, uh, you know, getting together and you'd have a Sunday lunch at somebody's house and everyone had gathered together. And the church was expanding when I was a kid. And I used to look at it and I think, Wow, they, these aren't even Christians, and they sat around a table with yeah. a lot of other Christians. And we used to have something called the Easter Convention at my church. And and bless my grand, she passed away, and we buried her last week. And and she she was a big part of doing Easter Convention. And what that was, anyone from the community around the church could come, and they'd put a big meal on with sandwiches, with cakes, yeah. and they'd listen to the the preacher, the guest speaker, they'd get in, and it'd go all the way through Easter. And I'm not talking the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. They did it properly, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, because if you've never noticed, Friday to Sunday is not three days. So yeah, they, yeah. they used to do it and they used to fellowship and the church used to grow as a result. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Akhtar, about fellowshipping yeah. in church? What, what do you think? 
the importance of that is. Yeah. Um, so, so this is a big one. I'm still working it, working this out. To be honest, um, I I used to do um, youth offending work in Westminster. So I did a little bit of work with people in gangs and things like that. Um, also around Mitcham and Wimbledon. Um, and then also growing up, have known known a lot of, um, uh, had a lot of friends from the gypsy community. And I'll say this about gangs and the gypsy, I'm not comparing them, different, very different, but they know something about community yeah. that we don't know. Like there's something about how they will, will look after one another, even love one another. I mean, gangs even have youngers and elders. Like they have a, a whole discipleship thing going on there that is very powerful. And so I've been... Um, I think trying to understand that and at the point at which um, God told us to leave our church family in Kingston, which took a lot of praying out with the elders and working that out with the team and everything. But there was a moment where I felt God saying that we were going to leave uh, in a private moment, but I was in a public, I just preached. So I felt sick because the reason I felt sick was because I had such a sense of belonging to these people that we had, yeah. we'd faced life and death together. We'd baptized people together. We'd seen miracles. So there was something that I tasted but I'm trying to understand how we how we do this. Now, the, there's a there's a few little things that are coming to mind, and I'll, I'll share them with you. There's, there's a big do not for me, and I when I saw this, I wept. And my a dear friend of mine, Chris, he's an older guy, he just sat with me because um, we looked at Genesis 11 together, and I absolutely wept. I mean, I was sobbing at my desk because these little verses. I think it's verses three and four, and I might get them the wrong way around. But, you know, Genesis 11 is about building the Tower of Babel, which yeah. is building a, a church style structure to try and reach God and do God's work for him. And, of course, God scatters them with the languages, which yeah. is undone in Acts 2, just mm. before the passage you've read. But here's these two little verses that I never noticed before. It says that the people of the earth said, let us make a name for ourselves. And they mm. chose to build with bricks and not stones. And, and I suddenly, in that moment, I realized that this was a big part of the church planting model that yeah. I had learned and taught was when you go when you go plant a church, get into an area, make a name for yourself as a church, get your name out there, do flyers, go and do a campaign, run an event, make a name for yourselves and make sure you build with the right bricks. And the right bricks mm. would be a preaching pastor, maybe an administrator, a children's worker, a worship leader. And I wept because I saw suddenly that we've walked into this way of doing church, which which is all about job descriptions and roles and and and, and actually having people fit in. Now, bricks are man-made and, yeah. and they're replaceable. If they don't fit, they're no good. So you chuck them out. Mm. And I got this sense suddenly of I, the number in my head was 100,000. Right. But I got this sense of a vast army of Christians in the UK wow. who had been bricks that didn't fit and had been rejected from community and I sobbed. And, and that's again where this thing, mm. 1 Peter 2, as, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built together. Now living stones wriggle, they're all uniquely cut. There's no Luke Vardy in all of time and space. You know, if snowflakes are unique, humans are more unique. And so Christians mm. come, they're born again, and they're mandated, they're shaped and created by God, Acts 17, to live in a particular time and place. And so we don't have to, we have to build them. We have to discover the gold in them and call it out of them. Yeah. It's Proverbs 25, 2, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings is to search it out. So every newborn Christian has a road to walk of maturity, 
a road of connection, a road of servanthood, a road of intimacy with the Lord. But as they grow, then this revelation of God's heart and God's joy and God's power is revealed in them that you will not find in any other person. But instead, when we try and build with bricks and we try and make a name for ourselves, we, we get an, an opposite of a community and, and we start to reject people as Jesus was rejected by men. We don't mean to do it. We don't want to do it. But people get hurt. And so you move into this whole thing of trying to build, build, build. But people are getting hurt and getting lost. And so what I see in Acts chapter two and Acts chapter one even is this thing again of Jesus building his church. So the beginning of Acts, Luke says, in my first book, former book, Theophilus, I wrote to you about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Yeah. And, and so that in Acts, what you're seeing is Jesus building his church now by the spirit of God in yeah. people. As they gather together, they're meeting with Jesus every single time. And sometimes scary yeah. stuff happens, like in Acts 5 and Ananias and Sapphira die. Sometimes people are healed, like in Acts 3. But these men and women, they some of them walked with Jesus, right, as a human being. Yeah. They knew him. They loved him. They lost him. They saw him dead on a cross or John and Mary and Mary saw him. And he was buried in a tomb and then he came to life again. And they're amazed. They've got him back. And he's told them back in John 16, I'm going to go back to my father in heaven. And they're like, why would you go? We, you've just got here. And he says, it's good for you that I go, because if I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and you'll never be apart from me ever again. So what I see in Acts, firstly, is Jesus, the Emmanuel with his people and he is love and they're gathering to him. And the reason if where you stopped just now, all, all that believed were together. They had all things in common. The next verse says they sold their possessions and goods and they parted them to all men as every man had need. You, you read on, you find that they're selling their inheritances. I mean, yeah. the, these people, not all of them, because James talks about those who are rich, shouldn't trust in their riches. But as the spirit of God told them, they literally sold fields and houses that would have been passed to their children. These, yeah. these are men and women living in the presence of Jesus, doing what he tells them, working out their differences as he leads them and commands them. And, yeah. and it, I, that's what I see is this these people joined together in love a, around him again. And, and I've got this sense. I, I don't know. Lord, I don't want to speak out of turn, but he's here now. Right. When we're yeah. talking and, and the Lord knows my heart. I don't quite know how to do this. I don't know how to architect a community. And I think mm. it's because none of us do. I think it comes back to those two great commandments. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and strength, Deuteronomy 6, 5. So at the end of the day, Luke, you're going to be responsible first and foremost for how you lived your life, for every word yeah. you said and how you spent your time. And there's a there's a blueprint in that first great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, which is your spirit. That means walk in the spirit at all times. Practice intimacy with God. Learn his voice. This is the great invitation that Jesus has opened up for us. So you love him. If you love me, you'll do what I say. And Jesus yeah. says, I could do nothing by myself. I only do what I see the father doing. That's how he does church. I only do what I see the father doing. So firstly, we learn to moment by moment, you wake up first thought in your head, Lord, you're here. You, you go and have breakfast. Thank you for this food, Lord. And, and that's the first commandment all the way through till you go to sleep. Practice his presence. Pray without ceasing. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So when I'm talking to you, Luke, Mm. Am I am I I want to think about serving people. My prayers before we spoke. Well, I don't really know what I'm going to say, Lord, but I want to serve you and serve people. But actually, when I'm talking to you, I better be talking love to you and I better be acting out of love to you. And therefore, co communities fostered. I mean, you you introduced me as your good friend and I feel that way about you. 
how many times have we spoken? Maybe four in, in, in actual, yeah. But there's a deep connection because the Lord has brought us together because every time you and I've spoken, we've met, we've met with one another and with Jesus and the light of Jesus has shown me something of your heart. You've seen something of my heart. We're brothers forever. It's, I don't even know, again, if this makes sense, but there's a simplicity to it. So I believe the foundry, I believe for all nations to become this beautiful family of families. And, and I think there needs to be some sense of, uh, of uh, structure to it. It's not like God is not opposed to structure. No. If, you, if you've just got water everywhere, you've got a flood and a mess. But if you put water in a glass, you have a drink, you put it in a river, you've got... Uh, same with music. If you just have music without rules and notes and structure, you've just got noise. But if you learn the rules of music, you can create new songs. And so God is not averse to structure, but he wants to build the structure like a family. So this part will be big. This part will be small. 1 Corinthians 12, the body emerges. And does the hand say it doesn't need the eye or the eye say it doesn't need the foot? God who made the human body makes this community of community. You, you see the zoom out thing that there's this great living body on the earth today. It's like a sleeping giant that's waking up. Jesus is the head apostles prophets about we're joined together but then you bring that down to you and me the way we foster community is by being people of peace and mm. firstly lord how do i serve luke how do i serve this person I, i'll give you one one more example and then i'll shut up again but i love i found these two parables so challenging parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son so you're a life group leader or a pastor leader or a church leader right and someone from your flock is not coming to church. So let me ask you, are they a lost sheep and you should leave the 99 and go and find them? Or are they a lost son and you should wait for their return? And when you see them starting to make a move back, you run and, re and re receive them and embrace them. How do you know how to treat that person by the word of God alone? You don't. You need the spirit of God to speak into your heart and to show you how to care for that person and I think, mm -hmm. again, it brings us all the way back to this thing of Jesus living presence with us, the spirit of God amongst us. He will show us in the minutiae, like how in day to day, how to love this person, how to love that person, mm -hmm. how to put them first. And then this community grows. And I, I, I have a feeling that 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 is something that God wants us to rediscover in the simplicity of those interactions day by day. And, mm -hmm. and some of that is around leadership as well. Yeah. And how do we really become servants? Leaders are not, you know, I, I keep seeing this in the Old Testament. Pharaoh, God said to Pharaoh, you are lording it over my people and you will not let them go. Wow. Don't lord it over my people. He, he's, he says to the Israelites, you're not to have a king. Do you know Jacob, who's Israel, his, his descendants, there were no kings up until Saul. Yeah. I just, we're just reading with my kids about Saul, the first king. We read it last night, in fact, in 1 Samuel. And it's like, what is going on? Israel is saying, give us a king. We want to be like all of those nations. And we're talking to the kids about this. It's just pure unbelief because God has been their king. Why do they want a human king? And, and Samuel spells it out. If you have a, a human king, he's going to enslave you. He's going to put your he's going to put your sons in front of his horses. They're going to get murdered first when you go to war. He's going to tax you. He's going to take your daughters. Do you really want a king? And they're like, give us a king. We want a human ruler. <laughs> they, yeah. they had God, right? I, I went back this year and I saw that Jacob and Esau are two twins. And Jacob becomes Israel. And there's no kings until Saul. But I saw mm. Esau, who is Edom, his first sons. It says these were the kings in the land. Wow. The people of God are not meant to have human rulers. 
Yeah, yeah. And so what John 13, you see how communities formed because Jesus knew who he was already. He's come from God. He's going back to God and God has placed everything under his feet. And so knowing this, he gets on his knees and washes the disciples feet. Wow. And it wasn't a sermon illustration. He's like, I have everything. You guys need clean feet. It's right and good for me to serve you. Mm. And that's what it's God really is. He, he's wanting to raise leaders. He's wanting to raise leaders. They may not even be called leaders. In fact, I felt the Lord say to me that the era of lords and ladies in the church is over. Mm. And men and women who, with good intentions, give instructions to the flock. That era is over. And the new era of mothers and fathers is being released into the church and that's how the church grows we have sons and daughters we want more for them we want more for our children than for ourselves and the children the church of god is extended so again i feel i'm rambling a bit Uh, hopefully you can no 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 no. it's it's absolutely what you're saying is absolutely fantastic i'm really enjoying listening to it and uh, i remember somebody some time ago um inputted in um into my life and i remember them telling me about um there's a few different types of christians in the world and we all need to be cathedral builders and i don't know if you know much about cathedrals but the people who designed them and developed them never lived long enough to see them completed and but but what he was saying is most of us are christians are stonemasons we're just making a stone and we don't actually know what we're building. We're just being told where to place the stone. And But God wants more cathedral builders, people who are building a cathedral for the next generation. They're building something for the future generations that will last forever. And the only way we can build in that cathedral sense is to have a vision from God and a focus that doesn't mean hey, I'm going to get all the credit in life. It means actually the credit probably will never really ever come to you because you'll be dead and gone by the time it comes to fruition. Where are the people who are willing to invest in the children when they're young? Where are the people who are willing to invest in the ones that are classed as down and outs who are nobodies to anybody, who nobody wants to go and spend time with a homeless. Nobody wants to go and spend time with a broken heart. Nobody wants to go and spend time with that depressive person who is, so depressive that it depresses you where's the time and investment into the kingdom because actually the kingdom of god is more important than my kingdom than my dreams than my visions actually all my visions and dreams should always come in alignment with god and when they don't come in alignment with god they come in alignment with the devil because the devil then gets hold of man's plans and that's when we don't see the miracles in church anymore that's when the growth of church stops and this is not me giving a doom and gloom message actor this is me saying actually the church can be so alive that it's got a legs of its own that it just runs and moves that it just grows and multiplies because everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and like you said some people look at themselves and said that little toe is ugly on the body you know who likes a little toe actor who wants to be called the little toe of church nobody wants that but i read somewhere in an article that if you chop someone's little toe off it sends the whole balance of the body and it takes them months to rehabilitate and learn how to walk without the little toe and some people are listening today and you're trying to be the head and jesus is the head or you might trying to be a voice piece a preacher a pastor but actually god says no you're a little tall, and that's that's all you need to do. You just need yeah, to do what Jesus. I ask you to 
It might seem small and insignificant, but you're bringing balance to the church by that thing yeah. that you are disgusted by, that you uh, grotesque by. You're not going to get much credit because actually we're putting socks over the toes, so the toes never really get any you know, <laughs> view to the world. Yeah. People hide the toes until it's summertime, but sometimes you know, we've got yeah. to do what God called us to do. And it's like you yeah. said, you pluck the eye of the church out and the rest of the body can't see properly. And that's the yeah. prophetic, you know, the yeah. prophetic has got to come alive because they're the ones who see what where we need to be walking, where we need to be going. And then we've got vocal pieces that act upon that. Then we've got people as our hands. We've just got to be obedient to what God's telling yeah. us. And some leaders, like you said, they're looking for the the big recognition, and here I'm not here to judge you, leaders. If you've done that, I hope you hear it in love. But you don't need credit. No. You don't need recognition. Oh, Jesus. You just need God. You just need Jesus moving. And listen, why was Jesus so sex successful on the earth? Whenever he performed a miracle, he said, "Don't go tell anybody." It's, my time's not yet come. I can't perform that miracle. Actually, every time he did something, he tried to withdraw from the crowd to spend time with his father. Every time he could have had public um, approval and recognition. In fact, the, the, the people of God said, hey, you've come to get rid of the Roman Empire. And he could have. He could have got swords. He could have got bows yeah. and arrows. And he could have fought the Roman Empire. But he knew that wasn't what he was called to do. He was called to spend time with his father. And he gives us the best template, spend time with God and do what God asks us to do. Yeah. And so many of us are doing what everyone else is doing because that's the popular thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you want to be a worker for God, it's not being popular. It's being yeah. obedient to God. I, I, yeah. Again, that's what's coming out when I'm hearing you say all of this. Yeah. Jesus has got to be the center. Jesus has got to be the head. Because when Jesus is the head, the, the whole body can function correctly. Because yeah. he can direct us where he needs us to go. And actually what yeah. we've done, without even realizing it, because we're human beings and we like structure, we like routine, we like it a certain way. We've boxed God in and limited him from doing what he wants. And I love what you said. You kept saying the word simplicity. And even in the scripture we was reading, it said they met in one accord. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity mm. of heart. Why do we complicate yeah. it? Jesus yeah. is the center. Let him do what he wants to do. And let's yeah. let him build the church. Let him build the church yeah. and There's how a, does he do it how does he do it it's the holy spirit he said i've got to go yeah. to heaven you can continually spend time with me and yeah i, I want you to touch on one thing before we finish Acta. uh i hope i'm not throwing it in too much um, for no, you, but, um the holy spirit in my opinion has been shoved out of the church far too much yeah and why in your opinion do you think that's a dangerous thing, actor? So, yeah. So, um, I, I was just, I was just thinking as you were speaking, Luke. Um, so this is going to sound like I'm not answering your question, but I think I have. <laughs> the, 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 the key that Jesus had was this deep security of knowing that he's loved. Jesus knew he was loved. And so what you're describing about his ministry approach, he devoted himself to his disciples, but he was always away with the father. And he, he knew it was in the heart of man. 
He just set his face like Flint to do what he saw the father doing. John 5, 19. That's got to be the way we live. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. And there's moments where people try and reject Jesus and they try and lay hands on him to kill him. And there's moments where people lay their hands on Jesus to try and make him their king by force. And the same Mm. things will happen to every believer. You're a great preacher, Luke. Why don't you come and be our leader? Or Luke, you're talking, you're judge, full of judgment, you're full of criticism. You need to go, you know, you're, and, and, and you need to be so secure in the Lord that yeah. whether influence and success is coming or whether rejection and opposition is coming, it's not that you're not teachable because we're not Jesus, but we yeah. are one in spirit with him. Yeah. And the Lord wants us to be so secure in his love that we know that we can do what he's called us to do. We just know that we are loved, right? So this is what was in my head as you're speaking so when you ask me about the Holy Spirit, it's by the Spirit of God that we cry, Abba, Father. That's what mm-hmm. came into my head. The minute you asked about the Spirit of God, we often think about the Spirit as like the force from Star Wars or something like that. <laughs> the Spirit of God is is God almost in his, his, this incredibly humble, gentle form. But he's in every one of us and he's between us as well. And And I felt the Lord saying last year to me, that there's been some rich teaching over the last few years about Jesus. Praise God for men and women who've taught us about Jesus from the Bible, Christology. There's been some amazing teaching about God, our father, that he loves us. Now, I I felt the Lord saying to me, you've been learning a lot about who I am. You need to learn who I am is in you. And there's something about this gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus, that, that I believe is going to overwhelm us. And, and I had a picture years ago of a guy drinking from an Evian water bottle, you know, like a plastic water bottle, yeah, yeah. and then another guy surfing. And I felt the Lord saying that my understanding of the Holy Spirit is almost like if I need a top up or I've got to pray for the sick now, I better have a swig of Holy Spirit and Lord, Holy Spirit, move. I felt the Lord saying, no, the Spirit of God is God himself and, and that there's a freedom in him and a security in him to know firstly that we are loved and when we know we're loved and that we have all things you know even just the last couple of weeks I've realized that my best years with my wife and kids the best years I'm ever going to have with them the next few years I think are going to be glorious as the Lord brings us into adventure and battles together the best years I'm ever going to have with my wife and kids is on the other side of Jesus's return and Mm. no devil and no man can get in the way of that you know marriage is glorious it's God's plan but I will know my wife better than ever when Jesus returns. And so right now I have I have the Lord with me all the time. And, and the spirit of God is God himself. And it's by the spirit that we see Jesus. It's by the spirit that we know what the father wants us to do. Yeah. It's by the spirit that we know we are loved. And the Lord said to me again, this is last year sometime. He said, my best plan for you, son, is that you know that you're loved. 1 John 4, 10. This is love. Not that we love God but that he loved Mm. us and gave his son Jesus to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So love firstly is knowing we're loved. And he said to me, son, this is my best plan for you, that you know my love for you and secure in my love. You can love me and love others perfectly. And he said, when you don't know you're loved, and I think this is a lot of, you know, stuff I see in myself and in just where the churches that I'm involved with, where we've got it wrong is because we're, we're insecure in the father's love. Mm. And, and he said to me, when you don't know that you're loved, you can't love me and you can't love people well. Wow. So you will love things. And then when you start to love things, when you love God and you love people, you will fight against the powers of hell for God and for people fearlessly. 
But when you love things, you will fight for those things against people and even against God. And oh. so if we start to if we don't know we're loved, we will start to love the acclaim of man. We'll start to love our church. We'll start to love our tribe. We'll start to love comfort. We'll even start to love battle and conflict, whatever it is. If it's not Jesus, we're going to go off track. And so the spirit of God, I, I believe, is this great union of God's heart and our heart to know that we're loved. And out of that flows everything else, streams of living water. Again, I don't know if I've actually answered your question. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's so good, Actan. It's just been, you know, we could probably discuss this. We could probably do another Forever. two, two uh, half an hour sessions very easily. Uh, so maybe we'll we'll do something like that, maybe a course or something uh, together sometime yeah, in the future. Fine. But listen, guys, um, I don't know if, if you felt the same, but it's just been so much truth, Akhtar, that you've given us tonight. You've just given us so much insight and you've done it from a place of love. It's not condemnation. It's from a place of love, wanting the church to succeed and to increase. And, you know, everyone's got their own opinion on how church should be. But if we go back to the Bible, and I think we've kept as close as we can to the scriptures yeah. tonight with a few of his own opinions in there as well. But anyone who's watched this live or who's listened to it later, go to the scriptures that we've mentioned. Anything that we've brought up as own opinion you know, it's what we felt the Spirit saying, but judge it by the word of God, because yeah. God is the best judge of all. But I want to thank you, Akhtar, for joining me tonight. We're going to let the people go and we'll, we'll drop backstage later. But if, you're, if you've been watching or if you're listening on the radio, please feel free to visit uh, my website. It's igniteministries.co.uk. Um, you can also, when you log on there, you can see the YouTube channel with all the previous chats we've had and all the stuff that are happening. I've also been ticking up on here. If you need prayer, we've not had time for it tonight. You can either comment in the box and me and Akhtar will pick them up and pray for you. Um, but if not, just email me. And if you're listening on radio, the email address is hello at igniteministries.co.uk. .co.uk. That's hello at igniteministries.co.uk. We're not a ministry that just says, hey, we're going to pray for you and don't do it. Me and my wife pray for people and we get testimonies in of people being healed, set free and delivered. We want to we want to empower the body. And if you're sick in body or you need a breakthrough in your life for any reason, you need it to be dealt with today, not tomorrow. So for now, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Akhtar. But thank you again, Akhtar, for joining us. Thank and uh, we'll catch you all again. Um, we've got uh, watch out on my Facebook post for who's on next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. God bless. Speak again soon, everybody.